You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm your host, Mr. You. Please enjoy this brief perspective specifically for your ears. A few minutes of your time just might change your mind. We're keeping it all the way short. Professional mourners. So the passages of scripture that we're going to use for the sake of this episode today will come from the book of Mark, the fifth chapter, verse 21 to 43. And Amos, the fifth chapter, verse 16. Now, this story has so many layers, but it's impressed on my heart to focus on one small and seemingly insignificant piece of information here. If this information was a movie, these wouldn't even be supporting characters. They'd be more like extras. In the world of cinema, extras are only on screen to fill spaces or perhaps help move the dialogue along, or in some cases, create an environment of an authentic situation. I want to tell you a quick story about a high-ranking official who had a very sick daughter. He probably thought he would never be in this position, but he probably even saw Jesus teaching in the synagogues, but never imagined that he himself would need that man everybody was calling a fraud and a fake to help make his daughter better. Verse 21 says that Jesus went back across the other side of the lake and there at the lake side, a large crowd gathered around him. Jairus, an official of the local synagogue, arrived and when he saw Jesus, he threw himself down at his feet. And begged him earnestly, my little daughter is very sick. Please come and place your hands on her so that she will get well and live. Now, this is a place where the Savior may not have been invited, but he was desperately wanted and needed. But before Jesus can get to the official's house to heal his sick child, this happened in verse 35. Some messages came from Jairus' house and told him, your daughter has died. Why bother the teacher any longer? It was at this point that Jesus rebuked everybody was saying these things about Jairus' daughter and told him, do not be afraid, only believe. And he led a few people, not many, but Peter, James, and John specifically to Jairus' house. And it was there in verse 38 that he saw the confusion, the Bible says, and heard all the loud crying and wailing. He saw the confusion and heard all the loud crying and wailing. A baby, a baby, a little child. A young child had just died, but there was confusion and loud crying and wailing. In verse 39, Jesus went in and said, why all this confusion? Why are you crying? The child is not dead. She's only sleeping. Verse 40, all these mourners that were crying and wailing and acting a fool started making fun of Jesus. So, of course, Jesus put them all out of the house, raised the girl from the dead. He said, Talitha Kum, little girl, I tell you to get up. And the little girl got up at once and started walking around. The little girl was 12 years old. I always found this passage to be kind of troubling for a few very personal reasons. It just happened to be that when I came across this passage, I think for the first time, first time ever, I think, I was enduring great tragedy and loss at that time. I was learning very quickly that the people that I was serving with, standing with, praying with, laboring with, didn't have my best interests at heart. I was looking for miracles, really big ones, but my friends didn't believe one was coming. So I'm standing there believing for a miracle, surrounded by folks who didn't believe in in miracles. 
or didn't believe I was going to find one or get one. In this accounting, in this account, this scenario that we're talking about here today, the people could cry and wail with nothing more than crocodile tears and grandstanding, then go into full-fledged mockery, all in the blink of an eye. These were professional mourners. It was their tradition. It was their trade. They had done it so long, they became good at it. They were so skilled at doing it so often that it became a trade. It became easy. At the drop of a dime, they can cry. And then they could attack someone and mock someone all in the blink of an eye. They were literally known from going from place to place where there was death. And these mourners would provide the background noise. There were even instances where they were even paid to do so for reasons I can't really understand fully just yet. But what I do understand is this. They were not members of the family, but they'd be paid to go to the burial ground and cry and wail loudly, ripping out their hair, tearing their clothes and scratching their face. The more professional mourners at a funeral would signify that the deceased person or persons had a great status. That's culture that I'm talking about. It's still in play in many areas around the world. I would say now in America, I've been to so many funerals, I've seen Mourners there that were professionals. Might not be getting paid, but they were pros. Professional mourners. Just to make sure that you understand this was a common thing, let's check out the book of Amos, chapter 5, verse 16. Good context. It says, In all the squares there shall be wailing, and in all the streets they shall say, Alas, alas. They shall call the farmers to mourning and to wailing those who are skilled in lamentation. Those who are skilled in lamentation. Man, I'm just left with questions. What are we doing here? Are we just doing something that we deem normal, but it serves no true purpose? Are we just going through the motions? Are we so good at doing X, Y, and Z that it has no feeling behind it? It has no authenticity. It has no integrity behind it. (laughs) Are we at that place? I mean, if somebody can be unscrupulous like this, in their profession, is it possible for them to be trustworthy in their regular life? These folks watched people suffer but remained disconnected. They weren't members of the family, nor were they even friends. They were just there providing background noise and an outward show. I, I tell you, I don't know if there's just one takeaway from this little chat that we're having today, but perhaps it's this. Be careful of people who you can watch suffer and never offer heartfelt support be careful of people who can watch you suffer and never offer heartfelt support they're in the crowd but they're not there for you we keep it all the way short enjoy the music coach out Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. 
please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find They Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.